global crisis. Bible prophecy. Health and preparedness. You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch. Revelation 13, verse 11 says, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Verse 15, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. Welcome to Second Beast Rising, a multi-part series attempting to understand and decode the prophecies of the Bible allowing the scriptures to be our own interpreter, allowing world events to give us a window into the time in which we stand today and the scope of prophetic history. What you've just heard here in Revelation chapter 13 is a description of what John called another beast. The beginning of chapter 13 describes a first beast. What we just read was about a second beast that was rising. This is a prophetic time spoken of 2,000 years ago in the book of Revelation, a prophetic time where a beast, which symbolically in Bible prophecy represents a kingdom or a political power that was to arise upon the earth and in the very last days will persecute God's people and will bring this final test, this final decisive test that will sift out those who have received the mark of the beast from those who are faithful to Jesus and receive the seal of God. Are these prophecies actually true? Can the Bible be validated? And how can we make sense of this crazy world we live in today? That's what this series is about. And ultimately, it is about our great hope, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I understand if you're viewing this from a secular-minded standpoint, you're saying, what is this thing about the second coming of Jesus Christ in Bible prophecy? If you view this series and you're willing to take a look at the data, the information, the prophetic predictions that have already been fulfilled, you will conclude, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that this book is authenticated and validated beyond anything we ever could have imagined. And then, when we look at world events transpiring around us today, the prophecies of the Bible become all the more current and relevant and credible. But most of all, this book, it's so humbling to hold this book in my hands. This is the book that was written down through the ages, over thousands of years past, by prophets inspired of God to write things that would bring to our personal lives hope and peace redemption, forgiveness from sin, and a future in heaven for eternal life. Sounds like something 
out of our wildest dreams. Sounds like a, an imaginatory experience of bliss. It's real. And you're going to see just how real the Bible is in this series. Through the lenses of current events, world events that are transpiring even now as I record this, we're going to take a look at the signs of the times, meaning the indicators that the Bible has said to look for that will be showing us that we are nearing the close of time. We will also see the epic global crisis that precedes the rather crazy sounding stuff that we just read, and it's coming sooner than we possibly could imagine. In this opening session of Second Beast Rising, I want to take you through a whole bunch of information on what's happening in our world presently as the global crisis emerges all around us. There is a preparation being made. There is an awakening, an awareness among global elites, common people, billionaires, uh, former generals, current uh, military experts and analysts, economic forecasters, financial experts across the globe. You consult them all and you get one chorus saying the same thing. Something big is happening in our world. And it's not a run-of-the-mill, dramatic, current event issue. It's something unprecedented. When, we don't know. We don't set dates. The Bible doesn't point us toward setting dates for any future events. But we can know when the time is near. And we can know that there will actually be a world where this, what we just read here, is possible. The information that I'm going to share would be a difficulty and a challenge if we don't understand the context of this information. The information is quite alarming. I'll just say that to you right out of the gates. What we're about to see will cause many people in this world, when they see it, to experience fear and anxiety. In fact, Jesus said it. He said, speaking of the last days, he spoke of men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. They look at natural disasters. They look at crazy things that are going on and they their, their hearts fail them for fear, Jesus said. But it doesn't need to be that way. I do want to raise the alarm bell. I think we all need a collective wake-up call that all of the security and peace and people say peace, peace when there is no peace, all of the illusion of civilization, all of the conveniences and freedoms that we've held dear for so long are being melting away faster than we ever thought. As you look at global economic instability, terrorism and civil unrest on the rise and in urban cities, and, and you've got, you've got uh, the, the relinquishing of religious freedom and freedom of speech, natural disasters, pestilences is on the rise, wars and rumors of wars, a cultural and moral collapse like the world has never seen before. Let's get into the information, but remember what Jesus also said. He said, many people will experience fear and their hearts will fail them. Let that not be the case. He says, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Your redemption is drawing near when you see the world falling apart. National Geographic did a survey and they found that 90% of people expect a catastrophic world event in their lifetime. Another poll done by the AP, the Associated Press, found that in 2015, at the end of the year, they asked people, was this year better than the previous year? 
Only 10% of people said, yes, things are getting better. Years previous to that, it was double the number of people saying things are getting better. Well, now we've got half the number of people saying things are getting better. Only 10% to be specific. What is it that's going on? What is it that people are gearing up for and getting prepared for? Let's start with the BBC. Germans told to stockpile food and water for civil defense. What? Yeah, you got that right. The stockpiling of food and water, reading on, for the first time since the Cold War. The German government is advising citizens to stockpile food and water for use in a national emergency. They're not the only ones, by the way. CNN's foreign affairs correspondent was on the ground in Russia. And in getting to know and interview and associate with the commoners in Russia, she noted that, quote, people are stocking up on salt, matches, and gretchka, in other words, buckwheat. They're stockpiling food and water, just like the German government has called them to do. There are more examples even than Germany, Russia, Czech Republic. Bill Clinton came out and said the world's in tough shape. One of the things that could stop us from rising together is a crisis around the world. A global crisis. Barack Obama, why did he warn Americans to be prepared for a disaster? And not just the United States government and former presidents and current presidents, but also the current policy Check this one out from NPR. There are at least six giant warehouses that comprise the federal government's strategic national stockpile, housed at various locations around the country, containing at least $7 billion worth of supplies, including millions of doses of vaccine. They also have an Arctic seed vault, which is an attempt to ensure against the loss of seeds in other gene banks during large-scale regional or global crises. It seems that governments around the world and average people around the world are anticipating and gearing up for global crises. More examples. Top insurer Lloyd's warns global civil unrest could go viral. So this is what the top insurance companies are saying. Head of Exposure Management and Reassurance, Trevor Maynard, warned that global outbreaks of violence are increasingly likely to develop into pandemics of civil unrest and widespread disruption that threatens international stability. Instances of political violence contagion are becoming more frequent, and the contagion effect is ever more rapid and powerful. And by the way, we're going to have, going to have a whole session taking a look at civil unrest and this violence contagion that seems to be spreading like a like a destructive virus throughout the world. JP Morgan CEO wrote, some things never change. There will be another crisis and its impact will be felt by the financial markets. The trigger to the next crisis will not be the same as the trigger to the last one, but there will be another crisis. So he's speaking of economic crisis here. We've heard about food crisis. We've heard about general vague crisis. We've heard about uh, violence contagions and civil unrest. How about George Soros? He also warned of economic crisis. He says the situation is about as serious and difficult as I've ever experienced in my career. We are facing an extremely difficult time, comparable in many ways to the 1930s, the Great Depression we are facing now a general retrenchment in the developed world, which threatens to put us in a decade of more stagnation, or worse. 
So we've had a decade of stagnation already, send another decade or worse. The best case scenario is a deflationary environment. So that would be like, like the Great Depression, the 1930s. He goes on and says, the worst case scenario is a collapse of the financial system. That is a top global financial analyst and investor saying the possible scenario is total collapse of the financial system. And at best, we're going to see like a Great Depression scenario. That's something to sit up and take notice and see what in the world is going on economically. We're going to have a whole session just on the economic stagnation we find ourselves in and the perilous and dangerous economic precipice we stand on the edge of. Here are some more of the headlines from the financial press. RBS, that's the Royal Bank of Scotland, cries, sell everything as deflationary crisis nears. It's time to stash cash, says portfolio manager. A recession worse than 2008 is coming. Worse than 2007, top banker warns of looming wave of worldwide bankruptcies. Top academic says, I see bubbles bursting everywhere. So how bad can this thing get? We don't know. The Bible warns of perilous times in the last days and crises on every front. Now remember, the Bible says that some people, when they confront the information of what's happening in the last days, do experience fear, and other people, they lift up their heads, for their redemption draweth nigh. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Did you know that heavily rhythmic music, which is basically all popular music today, can actually alter your state of consciousness? Musician William Ora explains, quote, We had discovered something that people knew eons ago, that polyrhythms can be used for hypnotic induction, for altered states of consciousness, even for soul travel. And drummer and percussion scholar Mickey Hart agrees. Everywhere you look around the world, he says, People are using drums to alter consciousness. I have discovered, along with many others, the extraordinary power of music, particularly percussion, to influence the human mind and body. And Jimi Hendrix said, We make our music so loose and hard-hitting that it hits your soul hard enough to make it open. Get informed, folks. Truth is stranger than fiction. Google the words Media on the Brain to learn more. Merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. There is a growing concern among all sectors of society, as seen in the poll I referenced earlier by the National Geographic saying 9 out of 10 people anticipate big events. One company known as Vivos has spent an enormous amount of money converting an underground facility built by the Soviets during the Cold War into the largest private shelter on the planet. It's called Europa One, and it is being billed as an 
ultra luxury survival bunker for the elite. The following comes from their official website. Located in the heart of Europe is one of the most fortified and massive underground survival shelters on Earth. Deep below a limestone mountain built by the Soviets during the Cold War, this shelter was a fortress for military equipment and munitions. Now privately owned, this 76-acre above-and-below-ground hardened facility is capable of withstanding a substantial close-range nuclear blast, a direct airliner crash, biological and chemical agents, massive shockwaves, earthquakes, electromagnetic pulses, and virtually any armed attack. This irreplaceable complex is now being retasked as Vivos Europa 1, becoming the world's largest and most fortified underground shelter for long-term, uncompromising protection of high-net-worth individuals, their families, and most their most precious assets when no other above-ground exfiltration solution will suffice. The complex includes over 21,108 square meters of secured blast-proof living areas and an additional 4,079 square meters of above-ground office, apartments, warehouse buildings, and its own train depot. Collectively, there are over five kilometers of continuous tunnel chambers. So yeah, basically an underground city here. What are they preparing for? What is being anticipated? The global events continue to seem to degrade and even spiral out of control. Will we see a scenario where this sort of thing would be necessary? People are thinking biblically. Even people who don't know the Bible, they're using terms like apocalyptic. You know what that word is? That word comes from the name of the book of Revelation. The book Revelation, that's an English term, but the Greek term is apocalypsis, which is apocalypse, right? That's, that's a word we use, and it's taking its cue from Last day types of prophecies, events that will usher in global crises that will make the possibility of a mark of the beast crisis more likely and more plausible and not just plausible. It's going to happen because the Bible prophecies have said that it will. And if you're unfamiliar with the previous Bible prophecies that have proven to transpire in history, don't take my word for a test these things and hold on to the good. The Bible invites us to test it, to come, let us reason together. So take a look at the other prophecies in the subsequent sessions that we'll be studying and say, is this book valid? Is this legit? And you'll say, yeah, obviously. I can't believe I ever doubted it. I didn't know any of this. It's amazing, airtight, absolutely documented and validated. So when you hear people say things like apocalyptic, it's because this book, the most read, most sold book, I mean, it's such a just amazing thing that I'm holding this in my hand. I mean, don't you just feel unworthy when you think about those who have who's, who've fought and died and shed their blood for this, the, the, the freedom that we have to read this book? The, it's, just, it's just so humbling and just awe-inspiring to think about the prophets who wrote this book over thousands of years and the hope that this book has brought to so many millions of souls who are, are hungry for something above and beyond their, their limited capabilities as a, as a sinful, fallen, mortal human being, as we, as we grasp and seek for the transcendent and the divine that we know ex exists. The Bible says God has put eternity in the hearts of men. That's why when you, when you have those quiet moments and, and the crickets are chirping and the stars have come out at night and you look up and you take a deep breath and you start to wonder, there's more going on here than what I see in my average, everyday, run-of-the-mill life with the material world and the busyness of all-consuming thoughts in my mind. When you slow down, 
when you're laying in bed awake at night, or when you just sit beside a bubbling brook, and you take that deep breath, the Bible calls it being still and knowing that He is God. If you've never had that that awareness, that that awakening to something beyond yourself, and it's God Himself seeking to connect with each one of His children. And again, if you're coming from a non-religious standpoint and you're going, well, well, how am I supposed to know? Follow me on this, in this series. You will know. You will know the truth, Jesus said, and the truth will set you free. Warnings are coming out from all four corners of the globe on economic things on every front like never seen before. And it's not paranoia. Sometimes you'll hear that in the headlines. Paranoid people are, are, are thinking of these things. Well, first of all, we know from Bible prophecy that there will be epic, climactic, unprecedented crises crises that will usher in the final events of Bible prophecy. But beyond the Bible, even a secular person can look at events objectively, fairly, honestly. That's my training. My background is in the social sciences, history, political science, economics. And when I started to look at the news headlines really intensifying and the world events really increasing in their frequency and just pressing in and pressing in on these all these different fronts from the cultural collapse and the, the moral degradation, the wars and rumors of wars and the economic issues and instability and the natural disasters and the pestilences and the violence and civil unrest and the terrorism. I mean, you can't help but say, we need help in this world. Things are getting crazy. I want to just throw this in there right now. This is, this is unscripted. I mean, I've got the, the quotes. I've got the data. I've got the information that I need to share with you. But from my heart, I plead with every human being who has a pulse who has breath in their lungs, who has neurological functioning at all, and who can understand the words that I'm saying. If we continue to treat today and this week and this month and this year just like any other in the past, it's called procrastinating, and we're going to find ourselves in a situation where spiritual decisions need to be made and need to have been made already. We're going to study these things in the prophecies. I can't get ahead of myself, but I just implore you, if you're in a situation right now where you're on the fence with, you know, should I take my life seriously? I'm struggling with this addiction or habit or, you know, I'm I'm involved with something that I know isn't right or healthy or helpful to myself or to anybody. I haven't really been following the religion that I know to be true, the religion of the Bible. I haven't really been praying if you've, if you've gotten stuck in a rut of, of just worldly living where the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the plant, making it unfruitful, and all we do is run that rat race, and we never have those quiet moments where we seek the Lord in prayer. We're just glued to our phones. We're glued to our devices, and we never connect relationally, person to person, heart to heart with the people that matter most to us. These are the times that try men's souls. Now is the time to start taking things seriously, to see how serious Bible prophecy is, to see how significant the warnings that you're seeing here are as we study more deeply into the economic and military and geopolitical things and all of these different fronts throughout this series. Now is the time to open the Bible and study the prophecies, to go to a website like BibleProphecyTruth.com, BibleProphecyTruth.com. And then even as the billionaires and these preparedness-minded people are, are stocking up and storing up on food, we realize that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know, God has promised us bread will be given him, his water will be sure. 
He will take care of us. And that's, that doesn't mean we should be reckless and, and not be not be prudent in our preparations. You know, the Bible also does say that there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. So we don't want to be wasteful and be getting into debt and spending. We want to be savers. We want to be prudent with our finances. So having having some some you know, preparedness, disaster preparedness things is not, it's not a sign of a lack of faith. I mean, it can be if that's where your hope and where your trust is. But the Bible also talks about it's foolish to be just spending everything. We ought to be having, having savings and having preparations, if you will. And the Bible also says, if any would not work, neither should he eat. So we, we should learn how to, how to get our hands dirty in the soil and grow a garden and, and, and have some self-sufficiency and some noble independence once again. There's, there's a lot of wisdom and living in the country and experiencing nature and so many health benefits to that. But at the same time, of course, most importantly, trusting God to give us our needs. Because he says, behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? So God feeds the birds, he will feed us. And there's a time coming, we just read about it at the beginning, in Revelation 13, in the very last days, where the faith of God's people will be tested, so much to the point where we're buying and selling will be prohibited, and there will be death decrees, and it's going to get very, very interesting. And again, when you hear that, don't let the fear emerge. Go lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh, because perfect love drives out all fear. And if you love and trust God, then you won't experience the fear. Perfect love drives out all fear is not only a spiritual truth, but it's very much a real neurological, emotional, experiential truth that you can have in your life. That way you can have the peace that transcends all understanding. Even in the midst of the craziness of Revelation 13 and all the things we're going to study in this series. And so again, there are crazy times coming and our faith will be tested. So you can't be trusting in provisions to take us through to the very end. We want to be trusting in the capital P provision for our salvation, and that is Jesus Christ. So what are all these warnings about? Perhaps it's economic issues. Perhaps it's, we, we've, we've heard some warnings from top economic analysts, but how about these from the geopolitical front, talking about wars and rumors of war? Lord Jacob Rothschild said that we are facing a geopolitical situation perhaps as dangerous as any that we have faced since World War II. So he's saying the situation is just as dangerous now, it's more dangerous now than even during the Cold War, which ended in 1989, 1991. Is is the situation we face now more dangerous even than that? That's what he's saying here. He's not the only one. We have slid into a new Cold War. Then we've got NATO's former deputy military chief in Europe who says, NATO, Russia, nuclear war, possible within a year. Former Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev warned Ukraine's conflict could, quote, unavoidably lead to a nuclear war. UK Sun, experts warn, planet closer to catastrophic World War III than at any time for 60 years. And one more, Sir Richard Shereff was one of NATO's most uh, honored retired generals, said NATO risks a nuclear war with Russia within a year. And we're going to have a whole session on wars and rumors of wars. I'm just giving you some of the headlines, some of the warnings coming from top global mouthpieces. And that doesn't mean anything is guaranteed. Um, I hope that we will 
make it through this thing without nuclear war and World War III. I think we all hope that. That would be catastrophic and absolutely unspeakably terrible. Um, but are, are we recognizing the possibility of such massive events upon this world that would shake the fabric of the civilization of this planet to its very core? Or are we just going along thinking life is going to go on like it always has and I don't really need to take spiritual decisions that seriously because I've got time. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. There's a biblical interpretive method called the principle of first mention. When you find something mentioned in the Bible for the first time, pay special attention to it, you will find the first mention of a city. Now, are cities evil? Not necessarily. We have the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God to this earth in the last events of Revelation. But cities also became hotbeds of iniquity. So you've got cities, implements of warfare, polygamy. Also the first mention of the raising of livestock, which led to the consumption of animal flesh as a part of the human diet, not part of God's design in the Garden of Eden. Principle of first mention, warning about the dangers of these things. Guess what else is mentioned? The first mention of this in the Bible. Music. This is a warning. Music may be used in a negative way. It may be used by Satan. Brought to you by BeltofTruthMinistries.org.